Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <clears throat> podcast Network Asia. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia and Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code RJ Ledesma. Don't fall back to the pre-COVID days thinking that things will go back to the, the past. You wouldn't. What will be really important is to take this opportunity to find out how else you can evolve and put in a new mindset. Right? Um, employees' engagement will be changed. E- even during this period, their expectations have changed. Our consumers, our customers' expectation of the organization has also changed. So this is a very good time to rethink, regroup, pivot, and then move on. And as what Coach Joey said, bring on all the digital tools to help you and do a reiterative process. Hello and good evening. Welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. In the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs and learn more about how, what, how they think about business, what are their success secrets, and how they've innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in this new, or what some other people call the next normal. Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. Drop us a message. And right now, we are live on Kumu, and also we are on CBRC TV. Thanks so much, Dr. Carl Balita, for having us as well on CBRC TV. Now, as all of you continue to listen to the show here today, we've got a very interesting topic uh, that we'll be talking about this after, this, this evening. Now, for, for many of us, uh, one of the big things that have come out of this pandemic is that uh, how work has been disrupted or how disruption in the way that we work has become the new normal. Prior to this pandemic, we used to call it telecommuting. And it was a choice for many of us to do. But when the pandemic took over our lives, we were forced to telecommute. It became work from home or remote working. And even after this pandemic is over, our work habits or our remote work habits might have changed forever or at least permanently and for the time to come. Tonight, we'll be talking to our good friends from Lark. Lark is the next generation collaboration suite that enables teams to do their best work together, especially during this new work normal. And tonight, I'm very happy to have two very special guests with me. I was talking with them this afternoon, looking forward to our continuing conversation here tonight. Now, coming in to us from Singapore, please welcome the Vice President of Sales for Lark. She comes with a wealth of sales and marketing experience, and she's been part of the cloud computing wave since 2007. In a span of 15 years, she has built her market experience through a myriad of large enterprises, 
uh, which include ServiceNow, Salesforce, Singapore Press Holdings, Buyer, and United Overseas Bank. Her vast experience has honed her strength in business acumen and people management. We have right now the Vice President of Sales for Lark here in the Asia Pacific region. Please welcome Miss Joey Lim. Joey, welcome to the show. Let's Hello, Joey. everyone. <laughs> Hi, Joey. Thank you welcome. for having me on the show, RJ. Thanks so much for joining us all the way uh, from Singapore. And we also have joining us as well here in the Philippines, our business technology coach. Very interesting. He will explain a bit more as to what he does as a business technology coach. Our next guest started his IT career back in 1982, pero hindi po obvious sa kanyang when he got a job with Apple Computer as a product support engineer for the Lisa Computer, the predecessor to the Mac. In 1986, he worked as a programmer at Microsoft on version 1.0 of Excel for Windows back in Redmond, Washington. He moved back to the Philippines in 1991 to start Match Data Systems, which he sold to Great Plains Software in 1999, and then to Microsoft in 2003. Our business technology uh, coach was the president of the Philippine Software Industry Association in 2013 and 2014, and has served as a director or coach for several companies and foundations, including Servio Technologies, Serpas, Ketayon, AIDE Coders Guild, and the Computer Science Education Scholarship Fund. Please welcome Joey Gurango. Good to see you over here. Now, uh, for people who are watching, happy happy that you're here. And for the people watching the show right now, uh, for those old enough to remember, there are now three Joeys uh, right now on the RJ Ledesma podcast. But if you don't get a joke, that's okay. You must be a millennial or zillennial. Anyway, before we continue with this discussion, very importantly, maybe for the people coming in for the first time and we want to keep them up to the end of the podcast, Joey, what would you like to be their key takeaway about Lark and the importance of a collaborative platform uh, moving towards the new normal? Well, I think in this time of pandemic, we are definitely moving into a new norm. Remote working is not new. I mean, RJ, you spoke about telecommuting was one of the things that everybody was already talking about. But the future is now. And then how do we actually extend from now to the future? Right. So Lark plays a very important role because it allows people to continue to collaborate even when they're not in the same place. So we really are the enabler of this whole digitization. And as you mentioned earlier, Lark is a new generation platform. It's all in one. It's on a single app and you can access it over mobile, which means that you can work anywhere. Like Coach Joey is now in a very nice scenic place. He can access Lark <laughs> using his mobile. That's what we want to do. Right? We want to be able to work in the place that we are most comfortable in so that we can give our best wherever we are. Yes. And I remember we have some really great uh, scenarios which will be showing some case studies of how technologies like Lark can actually get collaborations, where things actually become cheaper in the longer run and you get better talent as a result of a collaborative platform uh, like Lark. And Coach Joey, for yourself, what would you like to be the key takeaway of the entrepreneurs and business people listening to us in the podcast tonight? Well, I don't want to sound like the alarmist, you know, but um, a lot of uh, businesses in the last uh, year have gone out of business. And one of the key reasons was the fact that they have not digitally transformed, that they don't have a digitally enabled workforce, that they, are, don't, they still exist purely in the analog or physical world. So the key takeaway is that it's, it's no longer an option. It's time to digitize your business is time to become a digital enterprise, large or small, 
digitally enable your workforce or you will be extinct. Just like the dinosaurs. Thank you so much, uh, Coach Joey Garango. Now, let's get the ball rolling. And I want to start asking of uh, Miss Joey a couple of questions. Now, I, I know you briefly described what Lark is like. It's a collaborative platform. Can you just give us a better understanding? What's the closest analogy that we can get to where we can appreciate what Lark is all about? Okay, so, you know, many times when we want to talk to our employees, we will probably use some form of chat. Uh, capabilities. More often than not, you might be using your own consumer, Viber or WhatsApp or Messenger to actually talk to them. Yet at the same time, we we might need to share some documents while we are working and then we have to use documents whether it's physical or digital. And now with remote working, we have to do video conferencing, we have to meet our friends and our colleagues and we need to have a VC, right? Imagine now it's like this Swiss army knife with all these tools in one single place. So I don't have to jump from one app to the other. I can do chat, collaborative documents, video conferencing, calendar, email, and workflow in one single place. So I can get my work done by just going to one place. That's, that's actually what really what luck is. Which is very interesting for me because I remember, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, some of my friends, they kept on saying, this is so confusing. I don't know where I'm getting my messages from. I'm getting it from this app or and this app and this app. And it's, it's all over the place. And sometimes you are unable to reply to people. And it seems to be something very ideal for, for MSMEs and even for large businesses to sort of congregate them into one place. And I'm always very curious to find out what was the pain point that, that led to the creation of this app? Because it seems to be very, very useful. I just want to know how... How was it born? How did, how did it get created? And how did it start to get uh, commercialized? Well, Lark was actually born in-house as a tool to support in-house co- collaboration and communication. The organization was growing very quickly. And we have people across different time zones, different language requirements. And we tried multiple different tools. And the same problem I told you is that we have to go to different uh, messaging chats to actually get things done. And in so, some so culture... They- your company that was having the pain point. Your company's experiencing the pain point, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And then this came about when the engineer said, why can't we just put everything in a super app and get work to be done that way? And today, this app is actually being used by over 50,000 employees worldwide, catering to the different time zones requirement with translation and inbuilt inside that so that we can actually cater to cross-border communication. Uh, and, And that allows us to share documents in different languages, but yet be able to be on the same page. And this is what fuel uh, and uh, expect helps in our organization's international strategy. And as a result of that, we decided to bring this product to the market because we use this with our suppliers and distributors. They like it. And they say, why can't you make this available for me to use? And that was how Lark was birthed last year. So, um, the name, so Lark is actually a product, that's right, of, of your main company. Is that correct? Yes, it is a product for the main company. The, the name of the company again is uh, um, if I, it's is it Byte Dance is that right? Yes. Um. So Lark is headquartered here in Singapore, and the parent company is Byte Dance. So this is the tool that Byte Dance uses. So it was produced out of Singapore. Uh, Lark was produced out of Singapore, I guess. Uh, we were produced with engineers across different parts of the world. We have engineers in Asia, in US, because of the different requirements and cultural requirements. We needed to hear what every users need to do, and which is why we have engineers across the world. Which is very interesting for me. It's like it was a, it was even developed collaboratively. If you think about it, 
Uh, the app was thought of because of a pain point. It was developed collaboratively, collaboratively, and it grew. And the difference here is that that eventually you saw the commercial potential of this one from your suppliers, right? You didn't see it from internally. I mean, did it occur to you internally that hey, this is something that we can market? That's something that we can make a business out of. How did you realize that you know it was something that you could actually uh, monetize as as an app outside of the company? Yeah, I think good businesses are always about do we solve a problem and a need, right? So clearly, we talk about it solving an internal problem. But in our communication and collaboration with our partners outside, they saw that this is a tool that could be useful to them because we shared documents with them and they realized that the log document can be made available externally and collaboratively. And so you're right. So that causes us to be ready that you go out to the market. But also, we know that every customers are different. So we want to make sure that we have a product that's scalable, um, that users can really pick up very easily and you can continue to configure and make further uh, customization to make it more advanced for companies who have more advanced requirement so that it's, it, it actually can really reach out to organizations whether it's a big or small really uh, amazing I, I find this a pretty amazing app and I like, I'd like to get back to it in a bit and really uh, as we talked earlier on it's not just the app that has to change but the processes in a company so that they can be able to make sure that the app works well I mean you can have a really great app but if the company doesn't have a great process or, or the, the HR systems in place to handle the app, the app uh, really won't, won't go too far. It won't be used to the best of its ability. Am I right? Yeah, Enjoy. absolutely right. So it's always about having the right people, the technology, and the processes. And when we talk about the new norm, it's not just trying to put our current physical state into digital, but actually rethinking about the way to work. Is there a faster way to get things done? Is there a better way to reach out to our employees? Is there a better way for us to communicate with our customers and suppliers? Then with that right process in place, you use a collaborative tool to enable the whole process. Fantastic. Joey, we'll get back to you in a bit. I want to bring in right now uh, Coach Joey Gurango. Uh, not basketball coach, Anna. he's a business technology coach, although he looks like he's got the physique and the determination of a basketball coach over here. Uh, coach Joey actually is one of the collaborators for Larky right now, and, and he's, uh, uh, I think if he, he wouldn't be here unless he was a big believer in this collaborative platform. But I want to step, uh, take a step back and really look at also Coach Joey's own entrepreneurial background because if you look at it, he was actually uh, an engineer who jumped into entrepreneurship. And what I, I really like about uh, Coach Joey's story is that it inspires me just as much as uh, I've heard so many reverse American dream story. Pe instead of people going to the States to make their business big over there, there are people from the States who said, I can make my big business here in the Philippines, just like our Roland Ross of Kumu. So tell me a bit more about your secret origin, Coach Joey. Uh, how did you move from uh, engineer to entrepreneur? Yeah, so I, I left the Philippines in 1977 when I was uh, at the University of the Philippines. I was an industrial engineering student, but our whole family had to leave the country at that time because of the martial law regime. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, being a UP student, you, you, you got to be in the crosshair of that regime. That's and right. ended up uh, living in the U.S. for the next 15 years. And when I was in the U.S., I, all, I went to engineering school again, electrical engineering. And when I got out of school, as you mentioned earlier, I got my first job as a product support engineer for Apple Computer. And then eventually got a job as a, a programmer at uh, Microsoft working on the Excel project. So I, you know, I was an engineer the whole time. But when I left Microsoft in, uh, in, in Redmond, 
um, it was to start my own software company. So I made that transition to being an entrepreneur uh, when I was still in Seattle in the U.S. But a few years later, I decided to come back to the Philippines, basically to bring my company back to the Philippines because, uh, as you said, entrepreneurs look for problems to solve. And I had a really big problem. I had a software company. I needed programmers. But my uh, company was about a mile down the street from Microsoft. So every single good programmer I hired ended up getting pirated away by Microsoft. So I said, I got to go somewhere where it's not going to be a problem uh, losing programmers to Microsoft. And it just so happened that my brother was still living in the Philippines at the time. And he said, Joey, we have programmers here. You should come over here. Bring your company here and hire Filipino programmers. So I did, and way before the whole offshore outsourcing, offshore development was a thing, before we had BPOs, that's exactly what we did back in 1991 in the Philippines. We were doing offshore development work. Our customers were in the US, but we were doing it all using a, a very slow modem to send the data. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a 14, 14 kilobaud modem you know, which is really slow. But anyway, that's how I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. I saw what was happening at Apple. I saw what was happening at Microsoft. That was sort of early days of the microcomputer and the software revolution. And I saw, you know, you could make a business out of this. Uh, so what did you actually see, Joey? What did you see? What, what, what did you see that you could, that, that made you leave? I, I mean, to me, it's a comfortable job and you, and you left it. What did you see that you could turn into an opportunity that you were willing to take a risk for? Well, first at Apple, you know, I was fortunate enough to be working on the Lisa project, which was the genesis of the Mac. And I saw the failure of the Lisa. And I thought, that's it. You know, Apple's going to go bankrupt because of this. But I saw how they were able to take that failure. And Steve was able to take that failure and apply it to the Macintosh to make it a better computer. And it became successful. So I thought, you know, there's this thing, this, this, this guy, this, these guys are making something out of nothing. You know, it's, it's really, nobody ever had anything like that before. Mm -hmm. And I saw the same thing happen at Microsoft. When I joined the Excel team, the leading software uh, product of that time was something called Lotus 123. <laughs> they, they, they had a 90% market share. And here's Microsoft coming in with a product called Excel, which nobody ever heard of, which was running on this thing called Windows, which nobody ever heard of. And they were taking on this, this behemoth, this giant called Lotus123. And I, even though I was part of the project, I was saying, no, this is not going to work. These guys can't possibly take that on. But because they built a better product, it, and they put a lot of, uh, they committed to that product and they brought it to market. Um, eventually, they succeeded and nobody even knows what Lotus 1, 2, 3 is anymore. Nobody's heard of it anymore. So they went from like zero market share to all the way up to 8% market share in a span of five to six years. So I saw that, you know, this, this whole idea about building something out of nothing, literally, because software really is something out of nothing, bring it to market seeing a whole bunch of people start paying money for it and then building a company in the process. That was very seductive to me because the whole idea about creating something that did not exist before was really seductive. I mean, I really liked the idea of, you know, kind of like being an inventor 
So that's what drew me into entrepreneurship, and it's been that way ever since. I mean, it's all been about doing something that's never been done, building something that's never been done, creating stuff, creating processes, creating whatever that's never been done, and then making a business out of it. So you were seduced into entrepreneurship by the idea of inventing something from nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's like the most creative thing you could do. <laughs> I guess I'm a very creative person. I like to create yeah. things. And then, but my, my question is, okay, when you left them, what did you think would be the pain point that you were addressing after you left your, your big companies to go out on your own? What, what did you think you could do differently that they weren't doing at that time? What's that niche that you were going for? Okay, so you guys are going to find this difficult to comprehend because you're so young, okay? But back when I started my first company, there was no such thing as paying for software, okay? Software was something that you got for free when you bought a computer. So the idea of making software and selling it separate from a hardware was really new back then. Microsoft was the first one that made a big thing about that, right? And now, the same thing can be said about hiring people to write programs on this little computer and paying them money to do things that before that could only be done on a mainframe. When I started doing programming uh, projects on the Macintosh, mm -hmm. we were doing things on this little tiny computer that was being sold for $2,500 that was better, faster, and more eff efficient than software that was running on mainframes that cost a million dollars. That was a pain point. At that time, you had to be a fairly large, big company to have a computer. And here we were with this little microcomputer doing things that those big computers couldn't even do. That was the pain point. The pain point was, how do we get the same processing capability, the same advantages that these big companies, the big Fortune 500 companies with their million-dollar mainframes, big computers, give the same advantages they had to the little guy who only had this $2,500 computer? That was the pain point. And wow. it turns out it was a good bet. So in other words, you were one of the pioneers of software as a service. Pretty much, yeah. We were doing it before it was even had a name. Wow. <laughs> Not, for me, I'm getting, I don't know, I don't know about you, uh, Miss Joey, but I'm getting a history lesson right now <laughs> in computers over here. I guess Absolutely. We're learning every day. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're learning there as well. Now, thanks so much. And we'll get back to Coach Joey in a bit. Now, uh, Miss Joey, earlier on, we talked about the collaborative nature of the platform. But like we said, though, we touched on it slightly about that the nature of work is also changing and, and work has to change lockstep together with the collaborative technology that is arising. And I know that you're seeing that there are sort of like new trends coming out in the workforce as a result of, you know, what we have to do right now. Um, share with us a bit more about, you know, what you're seeing as, 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 as LARC spreads across the region. How is work also changing for the rest of us? How's the nature of work changing for the rest of us? Yeah, when we speak to our customers in the market, right, we thought initially that the lock tool will be good enough, but more often than not, we're actually hearing customers telling us that they need to think about changing their business processes. They need to think about new methodology to actually uh, uh, work through. A very common question we always hear is, we know we need to pivot for the new norm. 
-hmm. But what are the real tangible steps we can do? Right. So you can give somebody a tool, but how do you actually go about doing that? And in essence, the, the big broad four things that organizations can really think about is first to reconstruct how work is done. Right. You can't be doing the same way that you used to do. Just like when we used to have to send a letter to someone, we send snail mail and then we fax before we do email. Right. And then now we are starting to communicate via chat. Are there fastest way to get things done using chat, for instance? And then you use email for, for more uh, formal communication. Right. Because now right. we don't have to send emails anymore. Right. The next thing you really have to think about is to decide are we going to bring people to work or we want to bring work to the people? By having the right process, we might actually transit and look at our human resources differently. Um, with COVID 19, we have realized that people can work anywhere. So what if now we can actually have good talents that we can get from suburban areas? They don't have to travel all the way to city. Or we can bring our offices to the suburban area and save on our rental costs. We spoke about that quite a bit, right? Uh, and of course, then you think about how to redesign your workplace to support your new organizational priorities. We used to think about workplaces as the actual physical office, the pantry, um, the shared amenities, the cubicles. But what <laughs> if we look at workplace as people who are 100% remote, hybrid workers, hybrid if needed, or 100% on-site. If we look at and bucket our employees by this category, our workplace structures will change accordingly. And this way, once again, you know, we, we talk about uh, human resource compensation as the highest cost. The next biggest cost is actually our real estate. So if we can actually do some form of reduction over there, that actually means that we can further leverage our funds for other uh, purposeful things that we can do to drive the business further. Our ROI becomes better as well. So these are very practical four steps, but um, how do we really do that and implement that? And when we do that, you need a good collaborative tool so that you can continue to communicate with your people anytime, anywhere. Uh, and that's the reiterative process we hope to bring to the table for, for the folks. Yeah. And Joe, I really like the idea actually of what intrigues me a lot is the work to people and pe or bring work to people or people to work. Uh, particularly like in countries like the Philippines, a developing country, but you know, it, it, it's probably in other places as well where people from the provincial or the regional areas come to the city, right? Where the cost of living is much, much higher and they have to work here. And in this particular crisis, what I've realized like for myself, um, we had to not, re we don't want to re retrench people, but they were saying, sir, I want to work with you, but it's just too expensive for me to live here in the city. And we got them to move back, to the, they moved back to their province. And when they did, we were paying them, uh, Practically the same, but you know, they, their, their, the cost of living, their, their, their life was better because they were living with their families and they could actually do better work. So I'm guessing that even this work to people, people to work, do, does their productivity increase at the same time because they're able to work at home? I mean, like for me, I got my kids in the house. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to work, but I, I, I actually prefer that more than going to the office or, you know, you do three to four meetings straight at home versus getting stuck in middle of traffic and doing two meetings a day because you're stuck in three to four hour traffic. Absolutely. I think with this uh, recent trend, people have found that productivity have gone up, right? Of course, we also have situations where people put in more hours at work because they can't, they can't demarcate between work and life. Of course, we, that's another topic that we can discuss, right? Uh, with the whole idea why we, we wanted have luck as a separate work tool is so that you know when to shut off, you know when to do a do not disturb. Uh, I had this uh, CIO who gave me this very interesting story. He was using WhatsApp for communication. And um, it was, there were some project issues and it was going so hot and so much that she, he decided not to look at his WhatsApp. And his wife messaged him 
to pick him up, pick her up, and he forgot to answer that. And he got a earful after that. Oh no. <laughs> it's yes. funny, but he he told he told us he said, What if I can demarcate my work life and my personal life, right? Um and RJ, your example, what you just shared, um, we saw in Tata, Tata and uh Indian company, um, they actually shifted from the 100% employees who are 100% in office uh, with a goal to move to a 25-25 model over the next five years. And it actually resulted in massive savings in overhead and operation costs, but it also allowed um, uh, the, the employees to transit its tech labor forces to a more diverse group, allowing them to get talents in previously um, unassess- inaccessible rural areas, just like what you mentioned. Uh, because of COVID, they managed to shift 90% of their, of their workforce into a remote working situation with a third of them being able to return to their hometown. And when, the, when these employees are able to spend more time with their family, save more money because the cost of living is lower, they are happier. You get better retention as well. So this kind of shift in mindset right, can demonstrate um, a good solution for us to actually adopt. Right? Large companies have managed to do that. Smaller companies can do the same as well. We can now look at offices as um, uh, hot desks, right? Uh, where people are not just assigned to a desk of their own, but they can actually take on any desk based on availability and need. And that changes the way we operate. And, um, you know, having the ability to spend time with family is so important. And I guess what, what Lark does is sort of like the platform that, that puts, together, puts together everything for work, just collaborating for everything for work. So it's sort of like, Here's all the software you need for work. You can separate it now from what you need for, for the house. Here's all the messaging that you need for work. You can separate it from the house. Am I right? That, that's basically how I see it. And, you know, it's much easier to just put everybody into that one ecosystem. So it's much, it, it makes communication more fluid. Is that, is that Definitely. correct? Definitely. And, and you can even do prioritization. Like, for example, I have a lot of messages, right? Being in a podcast like this now means that my messages are running behind. But when I go and go back to my log, I have pinned people or specific groups that are important. And I will always go back to this notification and look at them. So I, I will not miss the important messages. And I use threads to actually respond so that I actually exactly know what was the conversation that has actually happened. I can always read back to the history. How often have we, when we are using our own consumer app um, somebody asks uh, who wants to go for lunch me 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 and then you have the whole series of oh yes I want to and then there's so many conversations that goes on right? and you up you're lost we use a very simple mechanism we either use threads to actually answer according to a topic or we use emoticons plus one so then I can do my counts very easily. So that itself, while it sounds very simple, it actually are productivity hacks. And today, when you ask me to go back to my consumer app and I try to organize a party, I struggle because I get a lot of extra messages that I need to read through. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I, I get exactly what you mean. So it's very intuitive, actually, for doing business. I mean, the way that it's, it's set up, especially for communication. And I think that's one thing we can appreciate from that. Uh, Coach Joey, talking about you, you're, you're one of the evangelizers, one of the chief evangelizers, really, for, for using uh, Alark. Tell me a bit more about your own experience. How does it mirror uh, what, what Joey was saying as to how they've reimagined work, right? How has work been reimagined for you and your companies as a result of this pandemic? I, I understand from you, it was a very easy transition for you to go from um, old normal to new normal. Yeah. So just to put that in perspective, no, um, Lark actually came became available in the Philippines just earlier this year. And we were probably one of the first um, adopters, even before we became a partner um, for Lark. 
before that, we were using a brand X communication and collaboration tool um, by one of the big guys. And we've been using it actually for since about 2011. We were actually one of the early adopters of that particular uh, platform. So, you know, um, we're, we're already well versed in it. Uh, but I still remember the the time it took, the, the period of time it took before it got bedded down or embedded in our organization, before it became like second nature for people to do it. And I realized that was about 10 years ago, but still, you know, the adoption was really slow. And I found myself maybe a year or more after we put that platform in and still finding people that were not using it properly, that mm -hmm. people were still not depending on it to get their work done. So I was really I was really surprised that in our case, it was right around February of this year that I first learned about Lord. And when when the um when the uh, pandemic hit, we were just deploying it. We were just starting to deploy it in, in the company. And yet um, there was no there was no real lag. The adoption was really fast. I guess maybe because from a user experience, uh, most of our employees are millennials. And from a user experience, it already mimicked and worked like a lot of the consumer apps that they were used to, except it was all in one. So it was very comfortable for them. It was very quick for them. And then just having everything in one place just made it less likely that they were going to have to say, oh, I'm going to do that later because I have to go to this one app here and this one app there. I, when I want to do word processing, I got to go over here. When I want to work on my spreadsheet, I got to go over here. Then when I had to write my report, when I had to submit it, it was all over the place. So that was our experience getting in there. Um, and I have to say that it was because of that adoption, that quick adoption, that we were able to transition to this new or next normal. As I mentioned uh, earlier in our in our event, literally we were told lockdown start March 16. Everybody went home before 5 p.m. that day with their laptops. The very next day, we were back in business. The very next day, there were people who were supposed to report for work at 8 o'clock. They reported remotely. There were meetings that were supposed to happen at 9 o'clock. The meetings happened virtually. Customers had issues that had to be taken care of, support issues. They got supported. You know, the invoices had to go out. <laughs> Bills had to be paid. <laughs> Reports had to be submitted. Um, all done. You know, it was, it was almost like we were all there, but we weren't. We were all at home. So that transition happened real quickly. And I was really actually surprised after maybe a few days or weeks after that momentous cutoff day. I remember mm -hmm. that I called cutoff day, um, DC and AC, right? Uh, before COVID. <laughs> I talked to a lot of my friends uh, who, who had companies and businesses and there was weeks later, they were trying to, they're still trying to figure out how to get work done, how to communicate, how to have proper meetings. People were having meetings using teleconferencing as in literally telephones for a one hour meeting using really? a um, speakerphone. Oh. And I'm going, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, so it really is, it really, it really was early days. And I wow. that's when I realized, you know, we are not, we're not the norm. What's happening to what we did was not the norm. 
And I became even more committed in the advocacy of spreading the word of digital transformation to as many SMEs as we could, because if, if that's what I was hearing, how much more out in the countryside? You know, and, and I really like what um, uh, the example that uh, Joey gave earlier about being able to have these um, people from the rural areas be able to hire them because they don't have to come to the big city and you know incur all that time and expense. Well, that's one of the really cool things that's happened to us. We don't care anymore where you are. I remember at one time going to Iligan and finding out that there were like so many really good developers there. But you know what? Oh. There was no BPO. There's, the Iligan, if you didn't know this, has one of the highest number of freelancers on Upwork. If you go to Upwork, oh. a lot of them are based in Iligan. Why? There is no BPO company, or there wasn't. Maybe there is now, but back then, there was no BPO. There was no large IT-related company in there to hire them. And most of the people who lived there did not want to leave. They didn't want to go to, you know, to, to go to uh, Cebu Manila. or to go to Manila. They don't they, they want they wanted to stay where they were. And back then I said, boy, wouldn't it be nice if you could set up uh, an, an office here, a facility here, and hire these wonderful people? Well, that's like we're taking, you know, that's one way to take the work to them, physically go over there. But today we can do that without having to physically go there. Today, we can take the work to them digitally because now we have a platform that allows us to have them work for us wherever they are, even if they're in the mountains of Bukidnon. That's right. And what, what I find interesting is that you, you, you're a user, you became an evangelizer, and now you're actually partnered up. So how did that, how did that work for you guys? Eventually, you're, you're working together uh, with, with Lark. What exactly are you doing uh, with Lark? Because it seems to me you, you like technology. You said, let's, let's bring it a notch higher. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, as a, a as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, you, you want to always look for ways to make money on anything that you use, right? That you're familiar with. So obviously, there's a financial financial gain to be had about partnering with with Lark and being able to use that to build our solutions for our customers. Um, but the the real reason why was that it was free, which basically <laughs> took away all the barriers for even the smallest business not to use right so that was good but the second thing about it though that really made me uh, decide made us decide to become more than just users and become more evangelizers and now partners is the fact that and this might not have come out already but lark is an is a platform it's an open platform which can be extended you can build stuff on top of it and that's what we're doing now we're building products on top of it the, the products that would work inside of LARC and even outside of it to integrate with LARC. I mean, in a world now where people are remote, in a world now where people are working in you know different locations and they have to collaborate, think of all of the software we're using today and think of all of those in one app, just in one app. That's what we're trying to do now. We're taking all of the software that either we use or that we built for our customers, and we're looking for ways to not put them all inside Lark, because there's nothing like having just one place to do everything you need to do for work. So that's that's why we've become evangelists, because we, we are now using it as a platform to deliver other solutions to our customers and you know to the public at large. 
So, Joey, you have a happy customer now who is a happy supplier. Hi, this is Roy Segalar from the Research Department at First Metric Securities and host of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast featuring timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and economy in the hope of providing investing and trading guidance to Filipinos. New episodes every Tuesday and as always, your future first. Hi, this is Michael Waits and I'm the host of the Age of Tech Podcast. Join me as I interview tech thought leaders, investors, and business founders across Asia to get the best insights on how they built their businesses from the ground up. Check out my new episodes every Wednesday at asiatechpodcast.com. All things Asia, all things tech. Oh my God, look at this cute person listening to this podcast. Oh. Right? So cute, grave. Good job to your parents, ha? Huh? By the way, this is Jam. And this is Dabsky. You like podcasts, right? Check ours out. We talk about... Henry Cavill. Oh, yeah. Local music. Overthrowing evil overlords. Butts. Space. Witches. Space witches. <laughs> Denial. Cats. Dogs. Cats and dogs. So if that floats your boat... Or flies your spaceship... Check it out online and join us at Local Locus PH everywhere on social media. Sorry, Podcast Network Asia. <laughs> And uh, what I see over here, I have a really nice comment over here in, in the comment box. It's from Paulo Nerudo. He says, I have a friend who finished computer science from Illegal, but he had to move to Manila to get a job related to the degree he finished. I'm so glad that that doesn't have to be the case right now. And I think that's one of the benefits, really, of, 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 of using the technology efficiently uh, and collaboratively as well uh, with, with platforms uh, such as such as LARC. Um, I want to go a bit more into, the, into, into, into using LARC. Maybe, Joey, Miss Joey. Maybe you can give us, you know, give, give us a give us an example. Maybe for, for those of us who aren't, you know, who who can't visualize it just yet, can you give us an example? If I was going to do something that becomes more efficient, ninety to one hundred percent, because I've used Lark versus my current process. Okay, so I probably can give you a bit of sharing, like maybe a day in a life, right? So sure, 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 if please. I log in to, to log in every morning, right, I take a look at the calendar and see what is my schedule. So assuming I have a, a, a meeting today at 10 a.m., I go into the calendar, I know who I am meeting, I can actually initiate a video conference from my calendar immediately by just one click. It brings me right into the VC, and once I go into my VC, and if the folks are not com- coming in yet, I can actually dial them into it. Now, this is important because a lot of times we are in a meeting waiting for someone to come in, right? So there is an actual prompt for you to actually call people out. Uh, now, in the same calendar, I can actually initiate a chat. So I can actually create a chat group while we are having this meeting that can continue after the meeting as well. So this allows me, you know, as, as, especially as a user, uh, we always remember, oh yeah, we shared this, we talk about this, but where exactly is it? But we do know in our, in our human mind, we know the time and date the last time we had this conversation. So I can always go back to the calendar and find um, the particular chat conversation. Now, going back to the video conference, when I'm in the VC itself, many times, I think today, uh, if we, just like what uh, Coach Joey said, uh, people were using phone, but let's say we have already in a VC, you might be using a screen sharing function for me to share my screen over to you. But we actually add a, something that's very unique to luck. It's called Magic Share, which Magic means share. that I will be sharing a collaborative document in my VC window. 
Now, maybe all three of us will have different reading speed, right? And uh, Coach Joey is really fast and he starts to scroll it very quickly and he got to the end even though we are still on the same screen. That's now, right. Magic Share actually allows everybody to be sharing a screen but yet at the same time, read it at your own pace and being able to put comments uh, and, and allow you to be more effective and you won't have a situation where you share the wrong screen because you're actually sharing a document. Um, I add an additional functionality to it. So assuming I, I, write, I wrote the document in Chinese, um, I'm pretty sure some of you may not understand Chinese. I flash the document up and you use the translation feature. So while I'm using, I'm sharing my document, you are reading it in, your, in English while I'm reading it in Chinese. So this actually allows us to break down communication barrier. And, and within Loud, we have a method. We call it the same page method or a same page meeting. So this is actually a methodology that we highly recommend people to use because we all know with this whole work from home video conferencing, it is tiring, right? But how do we make sure every of our meeting is actually well run, concise, and we get to the outcome? We do this by creating, share a document even before meeting. All of us put in our inputs and ideas inside the document. So by the time we enter the meeting, the first 10 minutes is dedicated to read the document. Everyone reads the document. We put down, we, we get ourselves aligned to be on the same page. We put down our comments and questions and we spend the next 10, 15 minutes going through the comments. So instead of having to do internal presentation over and over, reading, presenting my slides to you, you are already on the same page. We actually get to the discussion point by the second phase of our meeting. And the last part of our meeting, we talk about our tasks and deadlines and we assign what are the next steps. So when we do this right, we enter the meeting knowing what to do. We exit the meeting knowing what to do. And this itself is about productivity and collaboration. And it's only possible because all this happens in one app. Imagine if this is not in one app, I will have to jump to multiple places. And during COVID, this period, what we found was um, there is a need for companies to ask employees to put in their attendance. Yes. Right. Yes. Also, right. you know, you where, where, where are the folks? They can log in their attendance. Uh, there's a Malaysian government agency that uses it to even track attendance to tie to the payroll. So that I know whether the employee is working or not, and I can then tie the payroll back to it, right? Yeah, and yeah, an yeah. even more relevant one that we have done in some other, in Singapore, is actually health status. So your employees may not be in office, but I can actually go into the health app. There was a, a build-up extension for me to say where I am, what is my temperature like, do I know people who has been under quarantine? So it's, like and tracing, it's almost like contact exactly. Tracing. It is contact tracing for an organization and this is part of BCP. So as a manager, I know exactly what my team is doing. I know if someone is sick. And in fact, during this entire period of couple of months that we are not in office, mm -hmm. when my colleague was, was unwell, uh, she hurt her leg, I actually knew it through the health app because she actually told us that she's, she's been in the hospital and we sent, we sent flowers to her because of that. So this is a very good way for us to communicate and keep everybody in track. And that's an extension of what luck can do. Wow, amazing. Um, just a question again. I, I have to go back to it. Lark is a free app, right? Uh, to download, Lark is free. Is that correct, Joey? Yes, Lark is free. 
Yes, so what I have shared earlier are all part of our free platform and it comes with 200 gig of free data storage as well. Now, there, there are companies that go on to a more advanced uh, feature, but for most organizations, the free is good enough. And if you need to build extensions, this is where Coach Joey and his organization can build additional apps that will fit your businesses as well. I see. Yeah. I think a good example of that, RJ, um, yes. just to add to that. So that health monitoring app that uh, Ms. Joey was talking about, mm -hmm. that's uh, an app that's built in, that's, that's developed um, by Lark and it's inside the, the Lark uh, workplace. We took, we've taken that app and we've extended it. We've actually Whoa. extended it because you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Dole has come up with regulations now that on a weekly basis, you have to submit this form to them, uh, which is basically the health status of your employees on a mm -hmm. weekly basis. Um, there's not a lot of compliance going on right now because obviously people um, find that too tedious. But we extended the health monitoring app that's in this built-in Lord because it has an open API. We extended it so now it is able to auto-generate that Dole report on a weekly basis. And we have several customers now that are using it. And they say, you know, we used to do this thing in Excel, and it was taking us like hours to compile these reports. Now we just press a button and it comes out because everybody submits it in Lark. I can see this is the this is the productivity hack that Lark, that Lark really brings to you. So what I'm seeing is that sort of like here's the app, it's free, and you can just get these other these other apps to add on to it if you want these additional functionalities. Yeah. Having said that, uh, Joey, I just have to wonder what's the business model like for 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 Lark if if the app is free. I understand is it from the from the other software as a service that comes on board or for additional or for the additional memory or additional storage space, if you don't mind sharing. This is, this. you know, when we first started Lock, we did come out with different pricing model, right? And But when COVID happens, the first thing we did as a reaction to COVID was actually to offer Lock for free mm -hmm. to, to, to help people go on to remote work in a very short term of time. That time, it was actually a limited time promotion. But after that, we saw that the situation of COVID-19 is going to be much longer than we expect it to mm -hmm. be. And we decided to change our pricing plan and make Lock free right and and that means that what we want to do is to actually uh, for from a from a csr perspective is to reach out to as many customers as possible so that people can actually adopt to the new practice of remote work um, and at the same time the monetization model will come in when we have for example partners who are building additional apps right building additional processes and we will have new products that we will roll out to the market as well for example um, there are advanced features like your organizational key ob object um, okrs uh, we also have hr system that we can actually roll out as well and those are actually paid software so we want the baseline of luck to be available uh, and free for all so that people can use it and then they can always buy new additional add-ons of course i shared that 200 gig of storage is free for for, for companies who need to expand and go beyond that yes we have storage uh, that we actually sell as well and we have recently introduced email so email is our latest functionality that we have actually go out to the market and if organizations need unlimited email storage then those come with the paid version as well i see wow so i, I can see now the bigger picture of where this is going thanks so much for enlightening us there joey um i want to go back right now to coach coach joey this time around now coach joey Again, your title nowadays is business uh, technology coach. And I, I, from the companies that you've worked with, uh, from Servio to Zerpas to uh, Kateion, and uh, a good friend of mine, of course, is uh, the, the one who, who, got, who, who purchased Kateion from you as well. Um, 
I, I want to just ask, um, what are you seeing? You know, like you, you want people to build their fundamental skills, right? And what are some of the fundamentals that you see that many of our MSMEs are still lacking to, to sort of elevate their companies, uh, to make them better? What are the fundamental skills, especially among Filipino MSMEs, that they still need to develop? Yeah, I think that's um, a really good question because it kind of plays right into what a business technology coach does. You know, and I get asked that a lot. Um, essentially, what a business technology coach does is work with business owners and managers in how to apply technology to accelerate their business. You know, a lot of uh, business people acquire technology because of competitive forces. They say, well, my competition is using this POS system, so I'm going to get that POS system. Or my competition's got this particular kind of, of uh, equipment or this kind of software or this kind of a network, whatever it is, and then I'm going to do it because I want to keep up with the competition. That's mm-hmm. not a really good way to take a look at technology when it comes to business. Anything that you put in should, be, should only have one goal. And that is, how will this accelerate that particular process, that particular activity, that particular growth, or whatever, how to accelerate? If it's not going to accelerate anything, then you probably shouldn't even be considering it. So my role when I work with business owners and with their managers is to analyze what is it that they're trying to accelerate and then figure out what's the best technology solution that would make that happen for the least cost thing to improve, or I guess to, uh, to, to quicken the ROI on that investment because it is an investment. It's an investment. So that's what I do. And if I look around right now and I'd say look at the last, not just the, during, since the pandemic, but even looking at the last five years, mm-hmm. the most um, important skill set really has been the, 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 the enablement of their employees in adopting technology. Just not knowing, not being able to enable their own employees to adopt the technologies that will accelerate the business. Uh, I guess I can use a very, very old and well-known tool, Excel. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got Excel, right? It's been around for, what, 30, 45 years. But if you take a look at the typical office worker in the Philippines, they're probably using... I'd say 12 to 15% of what Excel can actually do is an underutilized tool. Now, I'm not saying that it's really it's the best tool for everything, but for what it does is very underutilized. And the ability of the employees of these businesses to utilize more of it and to get more out of that particular investment is really in the hands of the owners and the managers and it's not being done. So now that we're going into this new or next normal, there's a whole bunch of new technology skills that they need to acquire, these digital skills that they need to acquire. But before they acquire them, there has to be process change, process improvement. And that, again, has to come from the owner, the manager. That's not going to be bottom up. It's top down. And that's where I see where a lot of the deficiencies are when it comes to SMEs, is that that top-down pressure is not happening. Maybe because of ignorance, that could be one thing, there's not lack of knowledge, but I really think it's it's more of a, 
it's, it's less lack of knowledge and, and just lack of opportunity. They don't see the opportunity on what it would mean for them. Or people like don't really know if they, t- if they took a better look, they could actually find out how much more they could use Excel to their advantage than just to... <laughs> exactly, exactly. And as, you know, as one of the developers of that tool, I know what it can do. And I, do, I, I must say, in the, whole, in the many years that I've been working with different people in business who are using Excel, 12 to 15% might even be generous in terms of its utilization. Wow. And, and there was one more thing we talked about uh, offline earlier on, which I really want to bring out over here. And it's something that's particular, not just here in the Philippines, but even Joey was saying it's sort of like an Asian trait when it comes to, when it comes to the idea of failure, Joey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about that earlier on. You can also share a bit more about that when it comes to the fundamental business skill. Uh, that failure is very important, but it's how we perceive failure that's, that's also key. Yeah, I, I guess if, if you talk about um, that as a skill, I guess the one skill or trait that I see is really really needs to be developed is the willingness to take a risk, risk take. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as being Asian, one of the really important cultural traits is nobody wants to lose face. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to lose face, and too often, I think the general the general um, impression is that when your business fails. That makes you a failure. Yes, yes. That when, when, when this thing you created, this business, um, doesn't do well, that reflects back on you as a human being. People have to realize that business is not you. You are not your business. You, you are the creator of the business. You envisioned the business. You made it happen. But at the end of the day, it's a separate thing from you. There are many things that could go wrong with a business that is totally out of your control. Well, we're sitting in the middle of it right now, right? Was any, was COVID-19 any of our control? These things happen. So if your business happens to go under because of the current pandemic, does that really mean that you're a bad person? That Does, it, does that reflect back on you? We have to separate ourselves. I mean, because, of this, because of this fear of losing face, that affects the willingness of most of our of, of our countrymen from being more risk takers. I love it, Joey. That that's something I had to learn on the fly. <laughs> that you know, it's okay to fail. You can fail in business, but sometimes the failure is just a way for you to move forward. Or you like they say, fail fast or fail forward, and then learn from those mistakes. Um, Joey, maybe you've got some stories to share there as, as well when it comes to failure. I mean, is it the same also in Singapore? I mean, it's it's a uh, to my mind, it's a very competitive society as well, especially when it comes to business. And even in school, it's extremely competitive. So how does it work for you guys, uh, the, the idea of failure? So the government is really trying to encourage people to take on more risks, right? But of course, being Asians, um, I think what Coach Joey say makes a lot of sense. People are really concerned and conscious about it. Uh, but there are more and more startups and incubators uh, and environments that are actually created to allow people to test and try something. And I'm seeing the newer generation being more adventurous to take this up, right? And and this whole advice of um, failure is not personal. It's important because only when you try, you know, this is not the best path forward. You then move on and pivot yourself to the next direction and continue to learn from the mistake. And this whole reiterative process is what, I mean, we talk about agile methodology in software development. That's exactly what 
uh, even being an entrepreneur and testing things out, being reiterative is what we need to actually employ. And in Singapore, we are trying to encourage this culture that we need to learn from the best across the world as well. And startup community is thriving. And that's because people are willing to take risks these days. How do we actually create the right environment, provide them the right tool sets, giving them the right mentorship, right? Uh, this is actually the best way for us to actually help our next generation grow up faster and bigger. That's right. I mean, I, I'm thinking about it right now. I mean, the, the production or the creation of Lark as a software was an iterative process as well. It wasn't perfect at the, at the, at the onset, was it? There were some failures as well. I, I'm sure of that, Joey. Definitely. I mean, we have been constantly getting feedback from our customers. Coach Joe, you will know we are always asking, give us more insights. What do the customers want? The good and the bad, we want to hear from it. And we try to improve on that, right? So what's the bad, What's the point of providing a product that nobody uses? But when we have the product, people love and they talk about it, we thrive on it as well. And, and that itself is the reiterative process. Uh, and even if we create something that may not be perfect, we look at new ways and getting the feedback and say, okay, where does it better? feed and then we expand and expound on that that's the way to grow i mean oh. luck is one product that actually has got constant updates because we are always delivering new features um, so you want to make it as intuitive as possible so that you don't need training to learn how to use it you just we model behind the consumer app way because we are used to doing such um, a messaging or the way we look at things. And sometimes it's fun when we have customers come back to us and say, hey, you got this new feature. And they found out, oh, we have emoticons, we have an emoji, and they play around with it. And that's when you put fun at work, inside your workplace and then you enjoy work and then you can be more productive. And having said that, uh, Miss Joey, I realized that that uh, when you talk about the app earlier on, when you talk about Lark, we were talking about how Lark works hand in hand with developing processes or also upgrading the skill sets of people. And I know that right now, Lark has also launched an initiative here in the Philippines, which is the new Normal Business Council and Mentorship Program, which is really meant to not only onboard people to using Clark, uh, Lark, but also to upgrade their skill sets uh, being entrepreneurs in this new normal. Can you please tell us a bit more about this mentorship program and business council which you have set up? Luck is, has really just recently launched its initiative, right? The new normal business council and mentorship program to support the different businesses in navigating the new way of working. This afternoon, today, we just had the first part of our webinar where the three of us were actually the speakers for that. The program is actually composed of a series of webinars and online consultations with business leaders, esteemed business leaders like yourself and also industry experts. The objective of the program is to equip the business with proper information and tools to help them bounce back from the economic challenges and to make them ready for the future of work. So, so basically, right, um, from this actual three webinar sessions starting from November 10 today and which will last until December 3rd, we will look at selecting two mentees from the webinar's attendees to receive a few following. One, training sessions from the LARC team. Two, consultation and coaching session with selected resource speakers and councils. And from LARC, we will also be contributing 100 gig of additional storage wow. into their LARC account. Yeah, we already have it for free and we actually <laughs> give extension as well. And there will also be about 300,000 peso worth of PR support to help promote this mentee's company. 
So this event, um, uh, we will have a culminating event who will announce the chosen mentee, which will happen in December, later December, via a media conference. So we are really committed to be here to stay to support the, the Philippines economy. And we have all your all you guys, the business leaders who are actually the mentors to actually help um, this new these businesses put themselves up to the new norm. I'm actually very eager myself to to bring Lark into uh, my different businesses as well. I think it's going to be a great tool because uh, like we were talking with Coach Joey earlier on, Coach Joey was saying Lark can be for two up to 200 in the company. It doesn't matter. You can start right now as a business technology coach again. What would you recommend why Lark is such a great tool even if, you're such, if, even if your company is just on the get-go or it's just a small startup that is still about to grow? Yeah, so even if you're a two, three, four people, you still need to communicate, right? So starting from that, just being able to communicate and collaborate and digitize processes between you, something as simple as keeping your project management uh, tools in one place so that you can all collaborate. Um, traditional software, when it comes to collaboration, was always top-down in its approach. By that, I mean, like, when you put together a project plan, you know, the project manager does that. And anything that has to be updated from that point on, the project manager does, right? But the way Lark does it, if, you're doing, if you put together a project plan, you're not only the project manager, you're also the head collaborator. All the people who are part of that project can be collaborators in that plan. And they can make contributions to that plan, make changes to that plan, update that plan in real time. So it's, it's more about democratizing access to that data and being able to get to harness everybody's participation. So what happens then is, whereas maybe you have two or three people, it actually comes, Lark becomes like the, the, the plus one. It actually multiplies what you can do. Even if just two or three people, it multiplies the output that you can produce if you didn't have Lark. And that's the scalability aspect actually of Lark, how it helps you grow, how, how it helps you grow the business. I, I can see that right now. And with that, any last words, Joey? Uh, any more tips for our aspiring and uh, upcoming entrepreneurs uh, as they navigate through this world of the new normal when it comes to work? Well, other than all of the other important uh, initiatives that you have in your businesses, I guess the one thing that I will continue to exhort our uh, SMEs is to focus on your digital transformation. Nobody is digitally transformed enough yet. It's still a journey you have to go through. And as I mentioned at the event we had today, you know, we have a, a model, a roadmap called the digital maturity model that allows people to see where they are on that journey. And if you're not constantly moving up those levels, that means that you're being stagnant. And so I encourage anybody who is out there to think about the digital transformation, to know where they are on that journey. And if they, they don't find out, I'll be happy to help them if they want to know more about it. But there's other people they can go to. Go Negosha has several very good mentors who are experts in this area. But it's one of those things that if you don't think about it, it kind of just doesn't, doesn't uh, seem to make a difference until it's too late. Just like those companies I talked about that weren't thinking about living in the physical space, that when COVID hit, within three six to six months, they were out of business. They couldn't adopt. So now was the time to do that. As I said in my talk earlier, you've got 12 months 
to at least be level three. 12 months. Do it. <laughs> we look forward to having you back here again on the podcast to discuss a bit more about the digital uh, maturity model. Again, thanks so much, uh, business technology coach, Coach Joey Gurango. Uh, Miss Joey Lim from Lark, any last words on people trying to navigate this new normal and how they can make their work, uh, how, can, how they can make sure that their work is new normalized? I would say, say that don't fall back to the pre-COVID days, thinking that things will go back to the, the past. You wouldn't. What will be really important is to take this opportunity to find out how else you can evolve and put in a new mindset. Right, um, employees' engagement will be changed. E- even during this period, their expectations have changed. Our consumers, our customers' expectation of the organization has also changed. So this is a very good time to rethink, regroup, pivot, and then move on. And as what Coach Joyin say, bring on all the digital tools to help you and do a reiterative process. And the winners, as we have seen in every of this financial crisis, are always the ones who are the most agile, the fastest to digitize, and then have a forward-looking plan. And thank you so much, Ms. Joey Lim, Vice President for Sales of LARC in APAC. Again, thanks so much. This is RJ Ledesma, and this was the RJ Ledesma Podcast. We will see you again next week. Have a good night, everyone. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.